The original Green Book was established in 1936 by Victor Hugo Green as a resource to help Black travelers to navigate the United States safely during Jim Crow and segregation. Our guest this week is Lawrence Phillips, founder of Green Book Global, a digital platform for Black travelers to share reliable information so Black people can explore the world more safely and confidently. As of 2019, Black travelers have spent $109.4 billion, making up 13% of the travel market. The modern day Green Book, also known as Black Trip Advisor, offers tips for traveling while Black, as well as a booking platform. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. And our guest today is Lawrence Phillips. Lawrence, welcome. Hey, hey, hey. We are so happy to have you today. Happy Saturday. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. So, Lawrence, tell us about Green Book Global. Yeah, no problem. So Green Book Global is really like a passion project of mine. Um, So to give you some of the history about how it kind of came about, So in 2015, I quit my job to travel around the world. I was doing consulting for Accenture, I'll say the name, whatever. Um, And they treated me really well. So I've been there for almost 10 years. I got promoted to be manager. And I I was telling you before, like I was on this private jet and I was like, you know what? I think, I think I'm good. Like, I think I had to fly on this private jet to get to a client. So I was like, you know what? I peaked and I'm tired. And, And so I was like, you know what? I need like a mental health break. And so I decided just to like, hey, this is cool, but I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm going to travel the world and just kind of really focus in on me and my mental health. And I took about a year to travel around the world. And I went to 30 countries and all seven continents, including Antarctica. And that's where the idea kind of came about with uh, Green Book Global, uh, because really two things happened. One, <laughs> as I was going from one destination to the next, like it took forever to plan for the trip. Mm-hmm. And then two, as a Black traveler, I was like, you know what? I don't really know how, if I should go here, like what's Travel Wild Black gonna be like? And so, cause I couldn't find a platform that can provide that information. That's kind of the idea of how Green Book Global kind of got started. So back up for wow. a minute. So you just said, okay, I'm gonna take off and I'm gonna travel the world. So clearly you had some, you had some coin to do that. So you save up or what? I have some coin, but I'm also kind of like a hustler. Okay. So, <laughs> and I also have long-term thinking. I also have long-term thinking. So one thing about consulting is that you really, you, you have to travel a lot. So I enjoy traveling. So that's part of the job, but you also accumulate a lot of points. And so I knew, I was like, you know what? I like traveling. I don't know what I'm going to do one day, but I'm going to get all these points and see what happens. And God, so yeah. I was like diamond on Delta. I was like platinum everything on like Marriott. So I had all these points accumulated. And so how I was able to travel, which really helped me save a lot of money was Delta had this around the world um, ticket that you can buy um, points. And so I used that for all my big flights going around the world. So that was absolutely one brilliant. I saved a lot of money. You know, you hear about tickets like that. And I never, I don't know why, but I never thought that was a real thing. So <laughs> to hear you say that it's, it's, it's an aha moment. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That is real. You, you can really do that. Yeah. But I will say they Delta doesn't have it anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> other airlines like American Airlines, I think the One World Network they had, so it still exists. 
you just have to make sure you're aligning to the right airline that can accumulate those points to do so. So that was kind of one way I was able to save money. Two, I'm cheap. So I didn't spend a lot of money. I, I didn't spend a lot of money on hotels. I stayed at hostels a lot. Every once in a while, if I got like, I wanted to have a more of like a, a nicer stay, then I would use my points and spend a couple of days like a nicer hotel. So I would mix and match kind of my my spending habits, depending on what vibe I was in. If I wanted to party and I wouldn't plan on sleeping that much. I didn't really care where I stayed. But if I wanted just to unwind and you know, kind of drink a mojito by the beach or something like that, then that's what I would do. I spend more money from it from that perspective. Wow. And I would say, lastly, I like I said, I'm a bit of a hustler, so I did have some rental properties, and I Airbnb out my condo that I was staying in. Um, technically, I wasn't supposed to, so I got in trouble for it later. Um, but until I got, I got in trouble right when I got back, so I was able to make money while I was traveling, and so that helped offset a lot of the costs. So I did have some coin, but I was hustling my way through it. Okay, that's awesome. So as you traveled through and you didn't, you didn't have, uh, the resource that you provide for people now talk about that. Yeah. So actually uh, maybe part of the planting of the seed. So I was in Paris at a hostel and I met someone at the hostel. It's like, Hey, you should go to Belgium. And it was a black girl, black woman. Um, and I was like, mm, I don't know. Like I ain't really heard about Belgium at that point in time. I was like, but, it, but she mentioned like, oh, they have a lot of chocolate and this, that, and the other. And I love chocolate. And I was like, ah, but like, is it cool to go up there? Her being a black woman said, no, no, it's fine. You can go. And that was kind of like that green book moment where it's like, okay, someone that looks like me went there and said, it's great. You'll be okay. And that's what ushered me in. So, all right, so I'm, I went to Belgium. I spent a few days in Belgium, had an amazing time, but I was really hesitant to go there without having someone vouch for it. And, and so that was kind of the onset of Green Book Global and just understand like, this is really important. Even going to Asia, different countries like that, you know, I try to research as much as I can online. You might have a blog here and there, but nothing was really consistent. And that's what I was looking for, a consistent resource that talked about the entire globe, not maybe just, you know, a certain amount of countries in Europe or a certain amount of countries in Asia, like just something that was consistent across the board that I can say, listen, I need to find a destination. Let me see what other Black people are, are, are saying about it. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It it really is. And I, I think when you historically think about what the green book is and what it did for our people, you've just taken it to another level in, in this time, in this space, you know, it's digital, it's global. And Absolutely. I, and cause I, I know even in my own circles, people will say, do black people go there? Right. <laughs> our do black people. people- go there? Is it safe for black people to go? Those are the two people. Like, are you sure? I don't know. Yeah. And so it's it, I mean, it's it's an amazing project, you know, that you've put together here. I mean, there's places here in the United States that I'm not sure about. Hey. Some of the places that got kind of like some low travel more black ratings are in the US. Um, in yeah. certain counties, even in Georgia, kind of like, ah, you might want to be careful rocking through there. It's true. Um, so it's a global thing. So it's U.S. and, you know, the other countries mm-hmm. as well, because mm-hmm. you definitely need it in the U.S. too. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, do you think that the travel industry takes Black travelers for granted? Hell yes. I don't know if we'll say that on your podcast, but. You yeah. can say <laughs> hell yes on this podcast. You can say whatever the hell you want to say. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool. So, I, I mean, I'll give you a really good example. This happened to me recently, and it kind of pissed me off a little bit. So I went to the New York Travel Show, actually, I think it was two weeks ago, and I was filling out the application or whatever to go, 
And what I saw is like, okay, they, they actually talk about all these different demographics that they're appealing to, whether it's family travel, solo travel, LGBTQ travel. And I was like, I kept on scrolling. I'm like, yo, I don't even see like black travel. And so I was like, even though we're, we're making progress, we're making incremental progress, still like they're not considering that a demographic just to target. So yeah, I definitely think the travel industry takes black travelers for granted. We have a lot of great data out there now showing we spend over a hundred billion dollars on travel each year. And that's just the kind of the US-based black travel network. But still, I think there's a lot of strides, a lot of work to go before they really consider us like a true demographic of the market that they really want to appeal to. That I just pulled that up as you were talking. And I mean, that's right on. Black US leisure travelers spent $109.4 billion. And that was in 2019. Yeah. Prior to COVID. Um, and and that was that was contributed to 458.2 million black travelers. So we represent 13% of the US leisure travel market. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's, that's a lot of that's money not to really <laughs> that nobody's paying attention to. Yeah. To be totally underrepresented in the advertisement, you know, in the marketing and all that. That's a lot of money. And you consider that was, you know three years ago. And right. now that people are like really traveling and I mean, people are traveling the world. People are like outside, outside. I mean, they're yeah. like doing Turkey and, you know, and the continent and um, Asia, people are going everywhere. It's not yeah, just, you know, they're just not taking road trips to Disney anymore. Absolutely. Um, Black folks and, are like out there out and here. out here, <laughs> out here, <laughs> out here, we outside <laughs> and they're going, we are going, you know, in groups, you know, we are staying at these hotels. I mean, how many um, IG stories do you see when somebody's out there in um, what is it like the Maldives? Yeah. That shit ain't cheap. It's not. And at all, so we got bread. Oh, there, bread. there's some there's some bread out there and some cheese too. Yeah. I mean, people are taking advantage of it, and and yeah, we need to um, we need to step it up, or they need yeah. to step it's, it up. So, uh, I'm gonna turn a little bit it, to your. It's so inter- It's so interesting to me mm-hmm. that nobody's paying attention to those numbers. Nobody's look. Nobody's saying, hey they're doing these family reunion trips and they're actually going places Mm -hmm. or, Hey, uh, you know, this such and such group of women, they're out here, you know, black women, you, you look, they're everywhere. You look up and, and we like nice things. So enjoy the luxury. Yeah, it's interesting because um, even when I go and talk about like Greenbook Global High, just focus on Black travelers, it, the response is like, oh, that's cool. But it's also like, oh, never thought about that. That's interesting. Oh. And so I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, it's, it's about the education. Um, but I mean, there are pockets. So I, I don't want to mm-hmm. say that nothing in the travel industry is, is right. working towards that. There are pockets. But overall, there's still like a heck of a lot of work to do. Yeah. And then even with those numbers that you mentioned, so we did a survey like during COVID with Black travelers, like our followers in our community. Um, and when we talked about like what happens when you feel comfortable like traveling during or after COVID, about 60, 70% of them said like we plan to spend more money. Uh, we yeah. plan to travel even longer. We're not going to take things for granted after this pandemic, knowing that nothing's promised. 
And so those numbers that we had being 100 plus billion, like you said, they're going to be more because they're going to start spending even more bread because we're not mm-hmm. going to take, you know, we got we can wait five or 10 years before we do that. Nah, I'm going yeah. to do it now. I'm going to do it and, next year. And people are looking for the once in a lifetime trip, the trip to Dubai. People are saving for, you know, they're saving up for this stuff. So I guess as we still continue with DE&I, um, what... I mean, have the companies proved their commitment? I mean, who's holding them accountable? Yeah, so there's- And what do we want of, from them? I guess maybe yeah. that's the question as well. So I would say there's a variety of organizations. So Reba Global is one of many organizations that are, are finding their niche that really help to progress kind of the Black travel needs. So you got Black Travel Alliance, you got Nomadness, you got Travel Noir, you got, you got all these different Black travel groups as well. So each one of those entities are actually helping facilitate kind of growth and progress for us as, as kind of as, as an entire demographic of, of black travelers across the world. So I, I do think there is progress there. Like for me, so I do a bit of DEI when I, when I work with destinations doing like, you know, press trips, like I try to school them on like, this is how you appeal to black travelers. This is what you need to consider, uh, consider our market. And so even when I'm working on things this year, uh, that's kind of a key thing that I'm bringing to the table. So not only do I wanna like go to this great destination, that's cool and all, I don't mind posting on Instagram, but I want to actually have transformative change in your organization as far as what you see and how you see Black people. And I think there's other organizations doing that, but that's one of the main goals of Green Book Global. So I, I typically don't even do like a fam trip or press trip unless I know it's going to make a change for like, you know, that that destination or something that's going to be significant for us as a people than just me having like a really great time, you know, being a, you know, having a good time at a restaurant or, or you know, hotel or, or what have you. So definitely a lot, a lot of work to do. And I will say that like the last DEI kind of large event that I did was an Adventure Travel Trade Association where I led a panel um, on DEI just about how, like how your lived experiences impact how you see travel. So it got really kind of, so I'll say I, I did a couple of things. One, um, so not only when it comes to Black people, it's like it's BIPOC, like Black Indigenous, Indigenous people of color, right? Yeah. And so that panel kind of re- reflected that. And so there was one thing that talked about like covert and overt racism, right? And how like the overt is becoming, uh, the covert is becoming more overt right now as far as just becoming more visible. And so just kind of kind of pulling people, even after like George Floyd, how, you know, Black people had to answer for, you know, years of kind of mistreatment and people were sensitive to our needs and like what we're going through. Like when we see George Floyd, it's not just the news, right? That could have been our brother. That could have been our cousin. That could have been our dad. And so people really weren't sensitive to that even um, during that moment. So it's just bringing some of those things to the fore- forefront for people to like think through those things as, as we kind of try to uplift uh, ourselves, but also uplift the industry that's not really paying us attention. Yeah, I mean, and, and who holds them accountable? So when you're done at the end of that trip, I mean, and, and so like you said, you lay out, this is what I like to see. We wanna see, um, we want certain change. We want to see more marketing to our community. Um, are they doing those types of things while you're there? You know, like maybe taking pictures so that they can post later and and talking about, you know, how they hosted. Yeah. This, so they, this they have to want to be held accountable. Yes. Right. And so I think that's kind of the first step is like, hey, you actually should do this. You should actually want to continue to do this. Right. So yeah. I think there 
that's kind of where I'm at with when I'm working with destinations and wanting to make sure they want to be held accountable. Sure. Um, and then we can find different ways. I have like long-term plans as far as like kind of keeping people accountable, organizations, mm-hmm. destinations mm-hmm. accountable, but it's just getting to the point of like, hey, you actually actually want to appeal to black travelers first. Then we get over that hump and say, all right, now to continue doing that, this is what we need to do. Um, I will say like, for example, Black Travel Alliance has done a really great job of trying to hold destinations accountable. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to highlight their work because yeah. they've done some significant work in that space um, as well. But it's it's hard because they have to want to see the change. And yeah. it's yeah. easy to say it. It might be easy to do it a little bit when we really say like, no, this is, we're, we're committing to for years of this. Yeah. Like that's where you kind of get the eyebrows and it might take some, some really long-term planning for that to actually happen. Yeah. Like we hear a lot of word salad and, you know, (laughs) we see a lot of posts and it's like, oh, you know, um, we wanted to see, you know, do this and God bless this and happy birthday, Martin Luther King and all this other stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, that's cute and everything. And yeah, we receive it. However, what are you going to do to make us feel comfortable when we come to your, you know, city, state, country? what yeah. have you. Um, let's talk about Green Book Global as the uh, Black Trip Advisor. Yeah. Talk about that. <laughs> Absolutely. So like, that's one of the things that I think makes us unique. You kind of already alluded to it before. Uh, but instead of rating activities, we rate destinations. So that's kind of very unique because it's Black people saying, what is it not only about traveling about Black, which is, again, that's the key category, but also what it's about with adventure, relaxation, romance, affordability, nightlife, local food, history. Right, so it covers all those different categories. So we have over 5,000 destination reviews, probably closer wow. to 6,000 now, um, for hundreds of destinations across the globe, right? And that's the thing, it's not just my opinion. These are thousands of black travelers from all over the world that are saying this is their opinion in Bali, this is their opinion in Dubai, right? this is their opinion in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? So it's, it's giving you a, a really broad view about what other black people are saying. And then even further, we can actually filter that out. So let's say, you wanted black people that love adventure travel. You wanna hear what they have to say. You actually can filter out some of the reviews in that way. So we kind of, like black people aren't monolithic. So you can actually even dissect kind of the black voice a little bit more with like, like our destination travel filter um, to really make sure you're getting, you're honing in to like the person that most reflects you in your travel style. Um, so we definitely have a lot of great things going there. From an IG standpoint, over a hundred thousand followers. Um, and so really the, the mission of Green Book Global is to inspire and empower black travelers uh, to confidently explore the world. And so the inspiration comes from the Instagram page because that's where we're reposting black travelers really across the world. And when you see someone that looks like you in Belgium, you're like, oh, okay, I can go there for chocolate. That's cool. You know, if you see <laughs> someone there in Beijing, you might say like, all right, hey, they're there, but I might need to be a little careful based on what they said. Right. And so that kind of inspiration is just kind of showing that you can go there and then the empowerment of the reviews. Right. So this gives you the practical information of like where I stayed, how much did it cost? Like what airline did I use? Um, where did I party? Right. And so those types of things are, are very also uh, very much impactful. That's I love awesome. That. That's awesome. Because we totally rely on social media to plan our trips. We yeah. absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Just because we see somebody else doing it and, you know, we uh, rely on their uh, their expertise, their experience. And I read a post today where a young lady was like, listen, as a single traveler, these are the 10 places I recommend you not go, yeah. you know, as a, as a woman. And so I was like, OK, you know, as an ex, you know, if you're not experienced, if you're not an experienced traveler, you know, 
be on the lookout for this, this, and this. And these yeah. are the reasons why. So yeah, we absolutely um, rely on social media for, yeah. I know I do for the, the trip planning and stuff. So I so appreciate uh, Green Book Global and everything that you're doing. Yeah, information yeah. is safety, right? And that's kind of absolutely. the thing that's right there. So we try to give you as much information. You know, we love photos. That gives you kind of yeah. the visual view of it, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. kind of what things are going on there and, and just yeah. seeing like what kind of activities they're doing. But at the end of the day, you need to put your fingers to keys and make some book and booking some things, right? Yeah. And so that's why we added that onto the website as well. So we actually have something that we launched in February. Haven't really marketed it out too much yet because we're still just kind of just taking our time. Um, again, I'm a passionate so I'm not like rushing for everything to, to work out. So um, but what we did, we kind of offered a, a profit sharing or a cash back program. So kind of like you said, after you read these reviews, the next step is to book, right? So now we allow you to book with some of your favorite brands like Expedia, Marriott, Booking.com, et cetera. And what we do is actually, we actually, you can actually earn money for booking with us. So if you think about like your trip advisors and your Yelps, um, you can book through them. You don't get any money from them. After you're actually paying them money, right? So if you book a trip with us, they give us a commission from sending it, sending you to them. And so we share that commission with you, right? And so we're trying to uplift our community as we are kind Come of- on now. Change. We want to make sure we're bringing people up with us. And so wow. that's kind of one aspect that we're launching, going to market a little bit more kind of throughout the year. On top of that, we're still trying to change the game even more because now, again, talking about your same kind of normal platforms like TripAdvisor and Yelp, you leave reviews there for free. We're going to pay you to leave reviews on our site, right? So if, again, you're not paying to review Greenbook Global. You're you're earning money to review a destination. So really, there's not a conflict of interest there. We're just saying, hey, what did you think about Bali? Give us your honest opinion and then make sure it's descriptive and you earn cash. And so how it works is it's an annual membership of about 30 bucks a year. Mm -hmm. Pretty nominal. Um, We give you a welcome bonus that even offsets that. So you pay 30, we give you 30. Um, And then you basically earn cash from reading reviews. You earn cash from leaving reviews. You earn cash for booking trips with us. Um, and again, you're not, we're not planning the trip. We, you're going to book through Expedia. You're going to finish your booking on Expedia, but as long as you start on our website, you get cash. We'll give you some cash back. And so we're really trying to change the game kind of from that aspect as well. That is a game it. changer. I love it. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. So I'm going to be logging in today. Yeah. Summer travel is upon us and I'm trying to hit everything. I don't have that much uh, PTO, but we're going to make it work. Hey, make it do what it do. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. Like with the, So it's called passport membership, right? And so, I mean, I even mentioned all the other stuff you get along with it. I think the cashback part is, is an important piece. But yeah. we give you a ton of other stuff when you sign up as well. But we try to make it a nominal amount of money to, to join. Um, but that gives us some consistency to continue to kind of pour into the platform to make it grow even further. But I mean, it's just something that kind of makes sense. Like if I'm getting commissions when you make a booking, why not I just share some with my community? Like this, wow. this platform is nothing without the community, right? Like right. I just allowed it, I'm just allowing that facility, I'm facilitating for that conversation to happen. But without people being part of the platform, it's nothing. So that's why it only makes sense to try to, as we grow, kind of make everybody else kind of grow with us. I love that. It's like you're you're reaching up and reaching back at the same time. Absolutely. So that's beautiful. Yes. So I mean, it's a win for everybody. It's a one-stop shop. You get all the information. You can make some money. Um, and you're supporting a Black-owned business. Yeah. I mean. I'm trying, to hit, I'm trying to hit all the X's there. Okay. Yes, all of it. All the boxes are checked. <laughs> right. So, um, 
give us one of your best uh, trips. Best trips. So they're where you were, maybe like where you were surprised, like, oh, okay. So I I use this one because it's literally the one that really answers that question. Um, So Johannesburg, I would say, is that destination. Okay. And so the reason why, because it's kind of came back full circle. So again, there's no Green Book Global out there when I first went to Johannesburg, even the second time I went. But when I went the very first time, I was shook. I was like, ah, I'm seeing Bob Wires here. I'm looking at the media when I'm researching. I can't really rock with Johannesburg. I went to Santon. I went to the mall. I came back and I went on safari and kept it moving. Right. And that's what I tell people not to do. Um, but I was really shook because I just like there was nothing telling me like, oh, no, it's like, you'll be fine. Or just keep your head, you know, just as a make sure you're careful. Um, so I didn't really give Johannesburg a, a good chat the first time I went. So when I took that around the world trip, I was like, you know what? I didn't do Johannesburg right. I'm, I'm going to go back again and spend a couple of weeks there. And I absolutely love Joburg. I was actually considering moving there. Um, and one of the things that really kind of hit home for me is, so I, I was on Facebook saying, hey, I'm going to Johannesburg. Anyone know anybody? Shoot, you know, holler at me, whatever. Some guy I met on a plane like three years prior to that said, oh, I got some friends. So I ended up meeting up with those friends um, at a bar and we just kicked it. It was like family. I ended up later on, like while I was on the trip, I went to their house, like hung out, went to some parties, went to some like festivals together. But that very first night, uh, what, what caught me off guard was like at the end of the night, one of the guys like, hey, like, you know, you know, text me, let me know you got home safe. And I was like, bro, we ain't going on a date. Like, why are you asking me to text you when I got home safe? <laughs> you know, because that's what I would do. And he was like, no, like you're in my city, like your family now, like I want to make sure you get home safely. And to me, like as a young man, I was like, wow, like, that's different. Like, so that really kind of caught me off guard. That showed me like a different type of like love. Yeah. I, mean, I barely even knew you. Like I had that much concern for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what really kind of hit me off. It's like, you know what, Joe Berg is a, is a good place. Um, so that caught me off guard, but I love me some Joe Berg. I, I can't wait to go back. That's wow. awesome. So describe a location that was not so good. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, boy, I got a, I got a, maybe a couple of them, but I, I'll, I'll go with the Beijing one. Yeah. Um, I won't give the full story because I tell the story a lot. But essentially, I, I'll, I'm gonna say it like this: I always say it's the tale of two cities. So yeah. one day, I think I had, a, I had a great time. I, I met up with actually, I went on a tour, and some kind of college student said, "Hey, like, can I practice my English with you?" And I was like, "Okay, sure, why not?" And that guy took me around like Beijing the entire day, introduced me to his family, took like, hey, try this food, try that food. And it was a great, had an amazing time that day. Not to say the next day, but a couple of days later, I went to go see the Great Wall. And I was trying to kind of find an inexpensive way to see it where it's not going to be too many tourists. So I ended up going on a local bus, saw the Great Wall, it was great, but I was taking a shuttle bus back to take it to the main bus. And I got into an issue with the driver. Mm. So because I knew I was going to kind of start this blog, didn't know what it was going to be exactly at that point, I was probably maybe like 60 meters away. And I took a picture of the van, the shuttle bus, because it's really like a, a normal van. Yeah. It's a van that just like, there's no like labeling on it. It's just like a white van. I'm like, okay, well, no one's going to know that this is the van that would take you to the Great Wall. And this is kind of really of a cheap route to kind of see the Great Wall. So I took the picture, thought everything was cool, went into the, went into the van and oh boy, it was just like going crazy. And I'm like, hey bro, like what's wrong? Like I'm, and he's like pointing to my phone. I'm like, one, I was really far away, so I can't see. I don't know if you got a case or whatever. And he just keeps on getting loud. I'm like, buddy, like, I don't know what you're saying. But I, I have no idea what you're saying, bro. 
Yeah. I just know you're angry and I'm thinking that <laughs> you're like, you're fine. Just relax. So buddy then hits my hand, hits the phone out of my hand. And I'm like, okay. Like, listen, bro. Like, listen, I need you to calm down. I need you to calm down. Cause now you're like, you're, you're touching my property and stuff like that. Wow. And then he swung at me. Oh, oh. Like, okay. So then I swung back. I ended up punching him in the face. Oh. It, ended up, it ended up really being like a tussle. At the end of the day, like people calmed us down and everything kind of, kind of at that point mellowed out. But the problem was like, he is the shuttle man. Like he is the way I get to the main bus. Oh, so yes. I still had him take me to the main bus after I, you know, had that altercation. That didn't turn out too well because as he was driving, he started going crazy, trying to like knock me off back and forth. Luckily, there was someone else in the van as well. So I had to get out of the van when he got out because that dude literally tried to run me over as soon as I get out of the van. Oh, um, my Lord. He called his buddies and I actually, I ended up being fine. But that was the place where I was like, you know what? I definitely need to keep your head on this swivel. Things could have worked out really badly. Yeah. But I ain't yeah. gonna lie, my shoes just kicked in. And that's where I was like, all right, if I'm going out, I'm going out with a fight. And so, yeah. yeah. Wow. Beijing is a different kind of place. And, yeah. you know, they've got cameras everywhere. I guess it's still like a socialist, communist type regime. Not a lot of people speak English in Beijing. I mean, it's more you know, cosmopolitan, like, I guess in Shanghai, mm, um, yeah. but, but Beijing is, is totally different. So I'm, I'm scared for you right now, you know, getting into an altercation. <laughs> Whatever I tell that story, like, somebody, what? yeah. Right. Yeah. Like who, how can we find you? Who's gonna, who's oh, you coming? Ain't gonna find me, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I did either, some right. crazy when I was in Beijing too. I, um, I separated from the group, um, mm -hmm. because I did not want to have the lunch with locals on the tour. So I said, let me just go back to the hotel. I took an Uber back to the hotel. And, um, and I was like, am I, am I nuts? Cause I don't know where he's taking me. Hmm. I mean, he could be putting me on a boat for some sex yeah. slavery. I don't know what the hell. And I was like, bad decision. I broke my heart <laughs> that day for real. I was like, what the hell? Cause that could have ended bad, yeah, you know, yeah. but just dumb. Yeah. So I kick yeah. myself every time I think of that story. And I thought I was being a hero. Like, y'all, check it out. I took an Uber back to the hotel. Nathan, you did what? <laughs> yeah. So lessons learned. I mean, that's the lesson about learned. You gotta, you gotta exactly. Learn, um, yeah. Look, one day I'll tell my learn. husband that story. You did what? <laughs> yeah. So um, is there anything, any tips you can give? Nikki and I are both. Uh, hoteliers, any tips that you can give? Um, well, we know what black travelers want, but for those that are <laughs> listening that, uh, that may need a little, uh, help, is there anything that you can suggest or recommend, uh, for hoteliers that we can do better to serve our brethren? Yeah, I think representation matters, right? So if you go to a hotel and the manager's black, not just the front desk workers, right? But having people in leadership that are people of color, mm. I think that makes a world of difference. Like diversity really does make a really it big does. difference yeah. because the way you see the world, your lived experiences and how you see the real world really shapes how you run your, your enterprise, your business, your people, the culture, right? So keeping a diverse work environment would really help different hotel chains, even Airbnb hosts, like things like that would really help just people see 
black people as people and then treat them accordingly. So I think that's really one big thing that can help. I think yeah. as a, a person going to hotels, I do think getting certain credit cards can help as long as you pay them off are responsible. So for example, like I'm a big Marriott guy, so I have the Marriott credit card, right? And so that, although I already have all those points, if I didn't, I, I would automatically have status like yeah. with that credit card. And so once you get status coming in there, like people do treat you a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing kind of on the other side as a consumer that can help. Yeah. But I would say representation, and then, I mean, as a consumer, those, that's one thing you can do that can kind of help, help, help your experience potentially yeah. be a little bit better. Those loyalty programs are everything. Way, yeah. 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 Um, as we wrap, where can we find you? Oh, yeah. You can find us. So on Instagram, it's Green Book Global. On our website, it's also Green Book Global. On our Facebook, it's Green Book Global. Come on. So as long as you just type in Green Book Global you will find us, right? So greenbookglobal.com is the website. Um, again, I really implore people to sign up to be a passport member. There's nothing like that in the travel industry, right? Like there's nothing out there that's paying you to leave destination reviews or leave reviews at all. Nothing that's, you can earn money that way. And people aren't sharing commissions with you like that. And you're not gonna have a black trip advisor that accommodates it all together. So I, I definitely implore you to be part of the community. You can be a free member as well. Again, there's thousands of reviews out there that you can read. Again, not my opinion, the opinions of thousands of other uh, black travelers. Um, look for inspiration on the Green Book Global Instagram page. Uh, we try to stay up to date with current events, but also repost Black travelers uh, going anywhere. And then if you just want to reach out, hit me up at lawrence at greenbookglobal.com. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Just get us get in the funnel so we can talk to you and we got value for you one way or another. Uh, just let us know what we can do and we'll, we'll help you out. That's awesome. Lawrence Phillips, thank you so much for joining us on Don't Look Under the Bed. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Let's get Good outside. Pleasure. All right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>